Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. As some have already done, governments may need to subsidize the development of vaccines as an incentive to ensure fast and adequate production. As a global community, we must encourage people to participate in safe clinical trials of different vaccines. The ACT Accelerator is vital to achieve these goals. It offers us the requisite tools at the speed and the scale that is needed, but also an equitable mechanism to distribute them. Now that it is a proven functioning mechanism, we must waste no time in rallying support with the political and crucial, the financial resources it needs to succeed. Now as South Africa and on behalf of the African Union, we look forward to this cooperation and working with all states and partners to achieve our collective objectives. That uh, is a clip from uh, the president of our country, our daddy, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa, when he was addressing us during the family meeting earlier on this evening. And we are going to be talking about the legal side of the COVID-19 vaccination. And we are joined by Bongani Kanyile, who's the director of Bongani Kanyile Attorneys. Bongani, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Hi, Patricia. It's a great pleasure. What a show. What inspiration we need in a time. Oh, definitely, Bungane. It is an inspiring uh, segment. And right now, I'm hoping that you're going to give us some enlightenment around um, the COVID-19 vaccination and the legal um, rights and uh, responsibilities of everyone who's involved. Firstly, uh, last week, uh, the Minister of Health did announce the fact that no one in South Africa will be forced to take the vaccination. But we know that other countries like New Zealand and Australia are mm. actually pushing and gunning for their citizens to all mandatorily have a vaccine. Um, and, and, and then now our president says to us, well, listen, there are going to be tiers. So there's going to be the first group who's been prioritized. Mm. And he mentions all the groups that are going to get the vaccine throughout the year. Mm. What are the legal rights of the people within this group? So, for instance, if a person's a healthcare worker, because that's the first group of people who are earmarked for this particular vaccine, what is the right of a healthcare worker if they say, no, I don't want it? Yeah, it, it's going to cause serious constitutional issues, just Patricia, because while there are growing calls for the vaccine to be rolled out, um, the suggestion from the president in terms of the phasing out and the prioritizing of certain individuals or certain classes uh, vis-a-vis the health workers, what we'll have to grapple with is the constitution. And we have section 12, subsection 2 of the constitution that actually guarantees the right and freedom to bodily uh, and psychological integrity, which includes the right to security and the control over one's body. Now, the question is, where there is no legislation that makes it compulsory for vaccination. We know the only regulation that deals with this uh, current that we have is the yellow fever vaccination for international traveling. However, there is no other provision that says one can be 
vaccinated compulsory. So now the, 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 it's going to be a delicate balancing act to say what trumps over what. One, the competing interest would be uh, the growing numbers of COVID-19 and, and, and the mortalities versus one's constitutional right to bodily integrity, as I've explained in Section 12.2. And therefore, it's going to be the court now having to see whether do we limit the person's right to bodily integrity in, in terms of Section 36 of the Constitution uh, and say that it, the right to, 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 to curb the virus actually trumps the right to your bodily integrity. Because there's going to be pushback. There's not just, well, you've got uh, conscientious objectors that are going to come up and say, for religious reasons, I cannot go for a vaccine because it contains certain elements, for instance, uh, like swine, for instance, and, and, and the people tell you that we don't use swine in our religion, or it may contain something medical that's going to go against one's um, advice in terms of medical intervention. So these are the delicate balancing acts that we're going to have to grapple with. And, and, and it's going to be interesting from a constitutional point of view where this is going to go if there's a legal challenge. So clearly there is a, a right for us as South Africans to refuse, even if we are part of the group that's earmarked. Now, on the other hand, what is the legal responsibility of uh, our government to ensure that all South Africans get to this vaccine because from what the president said it's only about uh, 60% that might get it for the 20,000 um 20 million vaccine doses that have been uh, secured or are being procured what will then happen um if the other 40% don't get mm. it of South Africans what's the legal right for those who don't get it what what is the responsibility legally for our government is it to Give sixty percent, and the forty percent go without. But, well, the, the the duty, the positive duty of any government is to protect citizens, um, and and it's to protect citizens even against pandemics. Now, it seems that the government has taken it upon itself to put a threshold as to the sixty percent, and they've said, look, if we protect the sixty percent, we've saved. I think. Um, a generation or, or there's a language, particular vocabulary that the president used. The 40% that's not prioritized can have a class action. And this is a possible uh, legal route where they will say, but wait, we 40%, we seem to be neglected and the government has failed on its duty to protect us uh, because we are not prioritized. Are our lives not prioritized compared to the other 60%? And then the court, because there's a growing, what the concept called lawfare, where every decision by government um, is tested in the court, and the court seems to have to deal with policy issues and to test whether, is this rational, is it reasonable for government to neglect the 40%? Then the question of experts coming in as Amica Kuriai to assist the court on the quantification whether one, is it a reasonable expectation to expect 100% of the population uh, and the demographics to actually be vaccinated? Are the budget constraints a consideration for why the 60%? Or is the 60% a reasonable rollout in light of these limitations? These are considerations that the court will have to look at. Is it really possible maybe that the government could look at an alternative vaccine that's cheaper than than, than, than what is being planned? Remember, even... even um, uh, 
solidarity as, a, as an interested group have threatened to go to court to say the government should not have monopoly on the distribution because, amongst other reasons, they're looking at whether could it not be cheaper to, to, to have other people rolling out and then you can reach out more citizens than the 60% that's been benchmarked. Well, class action, that's something that we should be expecting, but hopefully um, we'll see equitable way of uh, distributing this particular vaccine, um, according to what the president has said to us. Now, what happens when the 60% of South Africans have been vaccinated? And because we don't really know what goes within the vaccine, what mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, variants of medications and molecules mm-hmm. or what have you not uh, are in the vaccine, what happens if there's a, a huge number of uh, South Africans who mm. react negatively uh, with this vaccine because there are reports of people who took a vaccine in, mm. in Australia and mm. after that they came back testing positive for HIV, whereas they were yeah. negative before. So w- w- won't that open up a can of worms legally for the government? Certainly, certainly. I mean, there's another case of a doctor uh, overseas as well who took the vaccine healthy and two weeks later he died. Now, this is where the government needs to be transparent. And, and I'm afraid there isn't much transparency uh, around the vaccine. It's one thing to say we're going to roll out a vaccine to 60% of the populace. But then the question is, what kind of vaccine are you talking about? You, we know and appreciate that there are um, debates as to what is the proper vaccine that should be procured. Others are calling for ivermectin, which is currently banned in this country. And they are saying, well, you should prescribe that. And as I understand, there's already a Section 21 application for the recognition and the licensing of that product to be tested so that it's approved. So government needs to take the citizens and populace into its confidence. So they hear that vaccine we are preferring for this country. It can't be, for me, it, it should be a social contract. All the stakeholders, uh, community members, and every interested group must be consulted so that there's consensus on at least the majority, what vaccine we want. Mm. So that if we understand the vaccine, then we know amongst uh, us as a population who are most likely going to, you know, to, to react against it, whether it's through a medical reason uh, and consultation thereof, or whether it's through religious reasons. So rolling out doesn't excite me as a legal practitioner because that's, that's just the start of the solution, but it doesn't end there. We start with question as to what drug is it, how effective is it, and, and my concern, which is that the manufacturers aren't coming out with side effects. They're not telling us that this is what it contains. All they're doing, they are just giving disclaimers. They're saying to us, no, uh, if it doesn't work on you, we're not liable. That's very concerning. And every active citizen would be worried. Why are you, why are you saying there are disclaimers? Uh, aren't you confident in your, in, 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 your, in your drug, number one? And number two... Why aren't you coming forward with these other side effects? I mean, when it came to ARVs, we understand uh, President Beggy's approach um, and so-called denialism on, 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 on ARVs. When it actually came out, we knew the side effects. And people appreciated that. Others uh, abstained from the drug for, for various reasons, but we knew what would happen. There should be transparency. Otherwise, there's going to be floodgates of litigation. My goodness. Um, you know what, Bongani, I wish we had more time, but I need to go to the news uh, and looking forward to having more conversations with you. Always such a great pleasure having you this side of the airwaves. Yes.
Seven. Good night. Good evening. Um, let's go to Zolega Kotashe with the news. I've missed you, Zolega. I've missed you so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.